Hey all, it's the Salty Robot here letting you know that the 2022 limited edition Cerulean Project book and magazine are now on sale at thecerulianproject.com. Featuring over 100 artists from around the world, this collection aims to reshape the conversation and perception around mental health in our community. As always, 100% of the profits will be donated to the Trevor Project to provide mental health services to at-risk youth. Thank you to the fine gentlemen of the Belt Sideways Podcast for this opportunity to announce the 2022 Cerulean Project offerings to you, the listeners. And now please enjoy today's episode. You guys remember that episode, right, of Cowboy Bebop? The fucking, like, the first one I think it is, where it's the red, the red fucking rage that you pop in your eye? Mm. It's Brian. I don't need that. <laughs> that comes built in, baby. It's yeah, I'm saying the design. In, inside of your head, the fucking guy is just popping them, <laughs> going hard. They're not in my head, man. They're yeah. in my heart. <laughs> That's where you keep your rage? Yes. I keep my rage in my ass. Down in my heart. <laughs> down in my heart. I keep my rage, rage, rage. Down in my heart. <laughs> I don't, I'm not down. I express it. <laughs> I express my rage, rage, rage. With my two fists. With my two fists. <laughs> Sideways Podcast. I'm your host for the evening, Julio, aka Clipping Nubs. With me tonight, I have Brian the Bro Builder. Wasn't me. Uh, Cal, the Clueless Gunpla Builder. Uh-huh. Chris Pabs. Uh, <laughs> kingdom, here we come. Welcome back for da, 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 da. this episode on which we discuss how the plebes call our robots transformers <gasps> the they don't know you, if you can't tell the difference between like a big O and an RX-78 you need to reevaluate your whole fucking life alright maybe they never really experienced the big O yeah and if you don't know what big O I'm talking about I mean the Zeta transforms you're a Zeta <laughs> You're not even an alpha or a beta. You're a zeta. Yeah. Get down there. Way at the end of the alphabet. <laughs> Oof. Uh, but yeah, so the exact title for tonight's episode is, is that a transformer? Or, or however Pabs would say Chris it. have Chris say it. Yeah. Pabs has to say it. Yeah, say it, I don't, I don't. I don't know what you guys Come on, Marky Mark. <laughs> What is this? What is this? Oh, hold on. <clears throat> Give me. I gotta. I gotta get into it. I gotta get into it. Your mother. Your mother. Your mother. Shake it up. Shake it up. Say hello to your mother. Yeah. Tommy. Say hello to your mother. Uh, Say hello to your mother. Uh, is that transformer? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Noise and scene. I think we found out that was prime. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, I love how long point that movie You're on the nose That movie is oh, Is mecha modeling more than Gundam? Different IPs and cool shit That the normies don't know about 
I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this the shortest episode in the world. It's more than Gundams. Good night, everyone. Build it sideways. But what? Yes, we have seventy minutes of B-roll. No, whole reality shattered. Um, Yes, I mean absolutely. I mean it's it's way more than Gundams. I mean Gundam is the most popular out of. I think out of the mecha modeling, as uh, you know, uh, despite wow. other people's protests, <laughs> it's by design, bro. It's by design. I honest, it, I think it is Transformers. You're talking shit, but I think like the most recognizable shit out there is probably Transformers. It's the most recognizable of the. the uh, I wouldn't even say mecha because that that again that, the argument of what defines mecha, right? They're not like, mecha. They're all they're automatons. They're automatons. Yes, yeah. they're automatons. So yeah, yeah. Um, in terms Safety of, of in terms of recognition, yes, Transformers. Or more specifically, uh, a certain number of Transformers are way more, way more recognizable than than um, even the RX seven eight two. But when it comes to mecha modeling. What is more recognizable? Oh, yeah, right? yeah, Grand it's P. The, it's not the it's not the only avenue. It's not the only mecha uh, genre, not genre, but the only, not the only mecha face out there. But is it is the most recognizable? Truth, super true. Terms of scale models, yes, I would agree with that. because yeah. Transformers are toys; they're not considered scale <laughs> models. Oh, hold there on! Are oh, 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 give me whoa! Oh, whoa. whoa. Hold on! Hold on. <laughs> I was like, that's the deep end. I played with my models. Party. <laughs> Plugs the news. There are, I mean, there are um, adult oriented, I say adult oriented, adult collector oriented Transformers out there. I'm not going to say. No, um, adult toys. Right. Right. Is that we trying to get it? Adult, adult toys? toys. <laughs> Literally adult toys. So there are like um, third party Transformers out there, Masterpiece Transformers, stuff like that. that right. Uh, that appeal to the more to the more the older collector in you uh, who may have been into uh, yeah, the nostalgic collector yeah, yeah. absolutely mm. and then there are those that are just way out there in terms of design and all that stuff man like it, sure. it, it, it's a whole thing that maybe we can talk about in another episode but we're talking about like we're talking about modeling right we're not talking about collecting yeah. modeling so yeah like shit you can build right yeah, yeah. stuff yeah. You, yeah. You, you build with your hands and nowadays Transformers is starting to kind of kind of leak into it a little bit right yeah, like with the four eyes uh, got a couple so. Yeah, the four eye model, Yolo Park, um, Flame Toys, Flame, Flame, Flame. Toys. Yep, Flame is yeah. good. They do all the tra- a lot of the Transformer stuff now. Yeah. Um, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure Bandai kind of dipped their toes into it too recently with the uh, is that the Mini Claw stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, but even tickling in with the the Star Wars stuff, even though that's been like an AMT classic like model thing, there are more like a uh, mecha toy than they are a uh, scale model, really. Yeah. Mm. Like and your AT-ATs, your ATSTs, your X-wings. You know, they all tr- they do movie stuff. They all really simply put together. So sorry, right? And um, you know, I mean, this kind of links to our conversation about um aesthetics, right? Like the yeah. what is what what aesthetic you grew up with? What is it that you um uh, visually look for or what visually appeases you? I and want every robot to look like Wally. That's our future. Right? Wow. That's, that's 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 definitely an aesthetic, right? So if you th- if you think about it, I mean, um, 
for example, Mecha Warrior is what a lot of people grew up with in in the West. Oh, I remember that. Would you guys say PC? Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Big so, yeah, Mech, Mech Warrior. Um, whether there was another one too. I, I know Brian. You, you'll mention Hawken at some point. We'll, we'll you know we'll, we'll say that too. Hawken is, is mad simple. late. No, Armored Core is way before that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, Zone of Enders. No, you have BattleTech. You got Mech Warrior. You got. Um, I mean, uh, like there's so Western many weird influence. things that happened in the '80s. Like, I was, I was, I was talking more about. I was talking more about aesthetic, though. I wasn't talking yeah, about yeah. timeline. I'm talking about aesthetic. Oh, sure. So, sure, so sure. Mech Warrior and Hawken have a very similar aesthetic, right? So, um, um, really think about bipedal it. robots. That bipedal robot. Bipedal yeah. robots. Everything's very dirty. Funky. Everything's yeah. just fucking filthy all the Lots time. Lots of weapons. <laughs> I mean, I like yeah. to go like if we're, if we're talking, if we're talking the the comparisons between something like. Super Robot Wars to Mech Warrior. I'm talking Hawken and Mech Warrior have a very similar aesthetic compared to a Super Robot Wars, a Gundam, something sure. like that. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. 100%. So, so when it comes to mecha modeling, those types of models exist, but people seem to not really either give it as much recognition True. or give it as much thought as you know, Gundams for some reason. That is an incredibly valid observation. I honestly think it's because Gundams are more human in their approach. Like some of them are wild in their own way, but they're all, you know, like human esque. Yeah. Uh huh. That's what I think. Explain explain how human esque a Neo Zeong is. Uh, Or Big Zam. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to segue real quick. I'm going to barge in. I'm going to Julio. Because he needs me to interrupt him right now and say, the, my difference is that the the imagery and the items that are uh, pro, um, produced for the mass market from Gundam uh, and that genre of mecha stuff, as opposed to Hawken and that mecha stuff, is the the Gundam stuff is more super robo, fantastical, like uh, high performance automobile. And the Hawkins stuff is more like real world in the trenches, tanks and armor model. Yeah. Yeah. So please extrapolate. Yeah. No, you're right. So so in that in that sense, right? So I mean, in terms of popularity, Mech Warrior and um I guess it, I, 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 well, I'll use Hawken anyway, even though it is uh more of a recent addition. Um <clears throat> Mech Warrior is extremely, extremely popular here in the US and in, in the UK and the West. Why aren't those kits even made? Like, why? Why did it take so? Like, it take. Why did it take like twenty years for something like uh, Frontiers? Is it Frontier Saga? Front Mission. Front, Front Mission. Mission. Front Mission. Yeah. yeah. To to have like model kits of their mechs, which are very again similar in terms of aesthetic to to Mech Warrior. But yeah, and and why was it not as successful as say something like Gundam or Gunpla? Um, so Gundam is more geared towards um, Japan, you know, over there, and they produced it for them. I'm guessing since it's starting to blow up more and more in the Western front, they're taking more stuff from different IPs to pump them out. See how they do. You know, I'm sure they sold well in Japan, too, because those pieces are perfect for Kid Bash. Mm-hmm. Right? They are. They are great. Kid, ba- Kid Bash kits. Yeah. Yeah. Think of the Kotobukiya armored core kits. Like they, Frame arms they had a huge, huge uh, fan base around them. I mean, those you know, kits are badass looking and super sharp. 
Yeah. The fucked up thing about that is as much as I loved Armored Core and played thousands of hours of Armored Core and destroyed my friends mercilessly. Those kits super disinterest me really? because I am a pre prior to that. Like I am Armored Core 1, Armored Core 2, Armored he's, Core yeah. Another he's, Rage, he's pre- Armored Core 3, Armored Core Ragevin. I'm not three, You're not a four. You're not yeah. a four answer. Yeah, yeah. Not, like that's when that's when the armored core's aesthetic changed drastically from yeah. from four answer onwards because four answer was just like yeah let's go back to super robo aesthetic. You know, I want to say I feel like prior to that, super not per super robo at all. It's absolutely not super robo, but prior to that was very like true to the mecha suit uh, layout, loadout. Like you had the Mm. opportunity to gain uh, in the game, like we're talking about video games here, I realize, but um, to gain different um, armor and um, arm items, uh, accessories, uh, FCS fire control systems, uh, external like leg components, which changed the way that you interact with the environment. Um, just like a lot of different things. And then within that, there was like a bunch of like super um, focused elements that changed the way that your heat distribution was laid out and your weight was distributed um, and like the amount of your movement. And there's so many different things that all played into all that stuff that was super duper immersive. That was um, kind of like cooked into like an, a weird number generator and a stat sheet from the later games right and then that like that lost me as like i don't want to say i'm a purist but like you know like yeah if they did something like that with gundam that'd be fucking incredible you know like i'll tell you i'll tell you this much right um whenever i go to my local there is always a a kotobukiya armored court kit there there's always uh there's always um a megami frame is it frame arms? Frame arms? Mm-hmm. Frame arms. Yeah. yeah. There's always like there's always a ton of those. But when it comes to Gundams, they're always almost sold out. So why is it that those don't sell as well as Gundam? Why are they not why are they not moving the same numbers? Well, I think there's a combination of things here, because A, Armor Core was based on a video game franchise, not an anime that's 30 some odd years old, with you know, people growing into it. And Frame Art Girls is very like niche. It's, you know, girls with robot not, stuff and all that. Sorry, Kyle, I'm not talking I'm not talking I'm not talking about frame arms girls. I'm talking about no. um the like the the frame arms. Like the, the, not, yeah, the Mimigami devices that kind of go along with that whole theme that Kotobukiya does, right? Right, um, right. Also yeah. pricing. Not the not the not the Mechamasu yeah, me- kits. Yeah, yeah. not, not Mechamasu, oh, okay. not me- yeah, but like yeah, but actual frame arm kits like any oh, of yeah, those, those that are available. They have the, the hexagon spiel that's similar to those ones. Those hex great. gear, yeah. Hex gear, yes. Hex gear, sorry. Um, I think one of the other attributes is not only does it not have like a solid IP behind it. I mean, obviously, Armor Core has the video game series, which is an amazing IP, a huge fan base behind that one. But many of them stick to the games. They don't want to build models. So the transition into the, the physical scale model side doesn't translate. And then for the other Kotobukiya stuff as well, um it doesn't have an ip back backing it that people can transition over to like unless you're already in scale model you typically don't go out of your way to buy that stuff it's like hey i'm here for something else but i see this and this is cool and that's how i get it price is also a huge thing a lot of those kits even though they're 
worth their price because they're very detailed. You're not getting skimped on it. No one wants to get into that unless they know the background behind it. Like I'm willing to spend a hundred bucks on a big OMG because I know the IP, I know the kit. I've I've watched Zeta. I love that, and I'm invested in it before I even see the kit. Now, some random kit from Kotobuki that looks cool. I don't know. I don't have investment to it besides that it looks cool. So I'm not willing to invest in the seventy dollars it costs for that that kit versus something I may have a background with. I think a lot of that plays into it. That many people are fans of the show or the IP before they even get into the modeling. Like for me, I watched a lot of Gumpel before I even built a single kit. Wasn't well, until I went to KB Toys and I saw a Wayne Gun. I was like, oh shit, this is great. I want I'm gonna this. I'm gonna cor- I'm gonna correct you very briefly, Carl. When you said mm. big O, you meant like the the O, right? Like not not the, the O. Kind sorry, of yeah, not big O. Yeah. Even then, I big O from the anime. You know, big O. Da, da, da. I would buy a kid of that fucking guy. He's so badass with of the course. fucking the fisty punches and all that shit. The piston. It's coming soon. <laughs> it's coming soon. There is a yeah, so lean into the other side of it, Kyle. When you're talking about mm. Kotobuki kits and things that are looking visually spectacular on the art. Mm and then not delivering within the kit itself having built several of the kotobukiya mecha modeling kits and mm. having integrated them into other builds and doing a lot of stuff like i have a fair amount that's what they call me the koto kid for no reason like i, I fucking <laughs> get it like i i delved in and i under fucking like i digested that shit um like so yeah like the white lion for that mm. matter uh it has elements to it that are smart as fuck and it has elements to it that are dumber than holy hell and i don't understand them and that's just like the evolution of the stuff i got the black tortoise as well same mm-hmm. deal there are elements of that model that are genius and work incredibly intuitively but there are other elements of it that are stylistic and intentional but at the same time are still developmental so mm-hmm. there is like uh, a method of myself as a designer builder uh creative forever of my whole life and and then my observation of the methods that are being integrated between various kits upon the timeline of a model builder or a mm. model manufacturer for code for this man you know or yeah. whatever it fucking be because like um, i got into zoids when i was a kid remember picking that bitch up uh, um fucking toys r us got the white lager because I, I, I watched oh, the show on cartoon network i was like oh my so god cool. that's the that's the lion from the show if i had never seen the show would I have been invested to go buy the kit? Maybe, maybe not. It, I feel like because I had True. a tie back to like, oh my god, I've seen it in the anime. I love the anime show. I want to. I want that. I want to get to build it. I like building things. This is kind of cool. But if I didn't know the IP, I don't know if I'd be willing to grab it. I'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool, and then go see another toy that I might be more invested in. And I think that's the reason why. Not only is Gumpla, their marketing is amazing. They've done a great job putting the kits equally to the shows like you watch the show it's like toy marketing essentially i mean bandai is a toy company so essentially that hey watch the new avengers movie buy the new toy figure you know of thor and all that like they're tying their physical products with their digital products very well which i feel like kotobukiya products and maybe some of the other mecha models which is not a long list when you think like we were talking about mech warrior so that, i don't know of a mech warrior kit i don't know of a hawkeye kit like there's n- you know, those IPs don't have physical scale models to them as true, much true. as we do against like Bandai's IPs. I think that's also another thing that we want to talk about. Like, are there even kits of some of these mecha, you know, influences we've had? Because if there were, I'd buy the fuck out of them, but they're not. So I was like, well, I got Gumpla. So, you know, so Bandai's strategy is, is, is kind of twofold, right? So um, the first thing that they've done is they've, they've kind of adopted, um, 
tokusatsu's uh, uh, kind of merch- not merchandising, but method of um, making the anime be commercial for their merchandise. Mm. So, you know, having a cool design for, you know, we'll make the most recent thing, the Witch from Mercury, right? Everybody shat on the aerial when it was first revealed. And then more was displayed, more was viewed. People started to really like the aesthetic, then watch the show, really like the the show. And now, now it's almost close to impossible (laughs) to find an aerial anywhere. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Very well built LG, HG, mind you. Yeah. So if, if you really think about it and and I know, um, there are, I'm, I'm sure there's a few listeners who follow Tokusatsu. Essentially, um, those shows are built around the 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 sound making toys that they market. So those belts, the the, the transforming belts, the henshin belts, those mm-hmm. are their their point of sale essentially. So the guy, you know, the the hero puts the belt on, he transforms into this thing, he goes out and wins the day, you know, because he's a hero. Then you can you know, be a hero kids, too. You know, then they do. Yeah, you can be a hero too. Put this belt mm-hmm. on. Here we go. Bandai does the same thing. Like they, they instead, but instead, I mean, they they also manufacture those. But that's that's besides the point. Um, you know, if if you have a cool design and um, it's it's from uh, Sunrise and it's licensed by Bandai, I can guarantee you Bandai will make it and they will sell a fuck ton of it. Um, the second kind of uh, avenue is there. They've poured a lot of time and effort into their R and D, and it is paying dividend mm. right i can i can tell you right now bandai's engineering for how they put together plastic models is far beyond anybody else in the market right now like how easy is it to put a kit together and be like oh here we go there's the thing that you watched from the show right in front of you you know like required yeah no glue required mm. no 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 special no specialist tools required you just need to kind of take it off the sprue Put it together to a degree, right? You can you can go further if you want to, but you don't have to do that. But it's it's that easy. The gateway to to model building was 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 burst wide open by them because it's just mm. so much easier to build sure. compared to something like a motoroid or a right. Voltons kit, <clears throat> or even just the integration of um, not just the three D animation. But the 3D modeling that goes into the pre-production of the modeling kits before the machining of the dies, right? So those uh, those aspects uh, have been extremely more modernized and expedited and made much more easier because of not only the software that is able to be integrated, but by the in the artists and the individuals, the creative, the craftsmen that are using that software and the innovations that them themselves, that they themselves are feeding back into the loop of that stuff that goes into model making. So like making molds is incredibly complicated. Integrating pieces to fit together is fucking stupid for someone like me that did the little bit of that, just a little teeny bit for like one kit is painful as hell. And it took me months and months and months and months and so much stress that I have physical problems from it. Um, And that on a commercial scale through a company is in the digital aspects that they are allowed or able to imply imply to making that an easier product. It's it's just like so incredibly valuable. But like I feel like a lot of that like the fine points, like having 
been able to draw myself out of it and integrate uh, uh, like a three uh, third party aspect to that. I get a little bit of a, an insight to what it takes to make all of these parts that you say, Chris, are so easy to put together or so easy to take from screen or to do whatever because it's all or maybe not just because it's all digital, but because it is digital, um, it is uh, heavy. I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> it is. I mean, OK, look, pretty much all of these companies at this point are all are, are all digitally produced. So whether it's Kotobukiya, whether it's Good Smile Company and, and whether it's um, a Bandai, uh, everything is is digitally produced at this point. Everything is 3D modeled first before creating the, the molds and all that stuff. So um, the, the playing field is somewhat even. But to Kyle's point, all right, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I think as as a matter of fact now, um, what do you guys think is Kotobukiya's most successful selling kit? The, the girls, the girls. No. Metal Gear Rex? A Metal Gear Rex. Metal Gear oh, Rex okay. is their most successful model kit that they sell. It's not Armored Core. It's not, um, it's not Megami uh, device. It's not Hexagear. Um, oh, you said is, successful, not like... Biggest seller. Biggest seller. That's yeah. Like I mean, it took me a hard minute to get mine. Like it's regularly out of stock. It is. It is regularly out of stock. Whenever it is out of stock, it's gone in a flash. Mm -hmm. It's like it is their most successful kit because there is something behind it. Yeah. There's something behind driving that train. Yeah, that is that is. I mean, you know, you know, the the design is cool. Yeah. Yeah, the design is cool. It it um it appeals to both. Your, the video game aspect of it, the video game IP, it appeals to the Western aesthetic. It appeals to to kind of like the super robot aesthetic. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. Gear Rex, there's, a, there's an avenue of it. Um, Being a robot with a real gun, right? And its engineering is is it was a it was a turning point. I feel like for Kotobukiya, and ever since mm. ever since Rex came out, they've they've kind of integrated a lot of that engineering to their their newer stuff, even like with the Megami device stuff. And and you'll you'll see once you kind of start to put some some newer Kotobukiya kits, kits together that oh damn these things go together pretty well. They're they're very they're they're a lot uh, easier to handle. It doesn't feel like my my fingers are gonna fall off. It doesn't because I mean right now Motoroid, which is by a good small company, um, they still kind of dropping the ball that issue where it's like it's it's kind of very finicky to put together and it's it and that you know that to, to the point that we're making is the gateway is a lot easier when mm. the method to build is a lot easier you know, it's and crazy you can, your world is your oyster yeah it's crazy to see a western influence designed mecca from a japanese artist you know it's like, oh, this is what your fucking mech warrior should have looked like. <laughs> it's Metal Gear Rex running around. Oh, all right. That's fucking cool. Pretty cool. And like yeah. Metal and then Gear Ray. Like, Ray is even crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, Zelanthropus. Zelanthropus. Yeah, I built go, that yeah. one. That's, a, that's, that even, well that's even more Super Robo. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it's even more yeah. humanoid. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, I mean, those are their mo- like one of their most, yeah, one of their most successful lines, and um, and as as much as I see their their you know their hex gear and their frame arms and Megami device and all that stuff out on shelves, I never hardly ever see any of those in. Which means, I mean, they they've got to be selling. Yeah, right? they so, sell them for a reason. Yeah, 
So no, the, you're the right. whole point. Yeah, the Go whole ahead. point that we're trying to the whole point that we're trying to make is when it comes to mecha modeling itself, because that is kind of the, the crux of what we're trying to get at here. The, mm-hmm. When it comes to mecha modeling itself, you have your extremely niche genres or extremely niche kind of aesthetic um sections or sectors, right? Where you've got you've got your things like your fucking votoms and your um like, give me give me give me other stuff Come here. On. Uh, you Dogrum, thank you. Thank you. You got you got your yeah, you got your Pat Labor, yeah. you got you, you I'm just saying like Star Wars. Right. Yeah, so you got Gal- 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 you've well, got well, well then you that's that's another kind of subject like that's another kind of separate aesthetic in itself. You've got your super robo now. So you've got your right. Gal Gal you've got your um uh King Jader. Big O, Big O almost falls into Super Robo because there is a question between like, is Big O controlled or is it just directed? Yeah, yeah, Mazinger again from from Julio. Mazinger is a a, a big magazine Robo influence. Yeah, some getter magaziner. Um, And then finally, and then and then you also have like your um, you also have your like uh, what do you call it, man? Um, your your Machine and Krieger. Mm. Yeah, right. You have that aesthetic, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so exactly. It's like, I I've been thinking about us recording this episode all day and thinking about Machine and Krieger and being like, oh, we don't we were gonna like talk about oh Machine and Krieger, but everyone's gonna know about Machine and Krieger. And here we are, like now half an hour into the episode, finally mentioning Mache. Well, yeah, we, we were. We, I was leading us into it. It was essentially okay. was leading us into the okay, different cool, cool, the different cool. sectors of it, right? So yeah, so like so you have your super robot, you have your your uh, your fucking Votom slash Dugrums and Palabors, and then you have stuff like Machine and Krieger, which it, I like because Machine and Krieger aesthetically is it in the world of its own. You can't really put yeah. it in in any other kind of. It's a sci-fi genre, but it, you can't really put it in it in with other things because it's its own world it's its own narrative and i know you're giving me that cringe look brian because it's it really i mean you will really have to try to think about it because you can i mean you can see its influences you can see the influences of different things being put into machine and quicker but it is its own aesthetic true and that was the idea behind it was that it was a accumulation of creative energies, a grandiose um, digestion and glorious dookie of sci-fi goodness for through <laughs> to, to quote a Julio uh, <laughs> or to, to to expunge a Julio. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, but seriously, like. <laughs> no, and it, what it was was it's the same thing you're talking about, Chris. It was, it was filling a niche. It was like doing the things that like there were so many creatives out there that were kit bashing, um, that were uh, creating from like various model kits, like the Adam Savages doing the shit for Stupid Lucas, or like any of the idiot fucks like myself when I were was a kid doing things like whatever. Like it doesn't fucking matter. Like those things like Machine Krieger gave that um a bit of a center and it create like um uh Gama uh since I he um allowed uh of of point of focus right because like you have that like gundam stuff right gundam is very fancy it's very bright you know it's very polished very refined a lot of it is and the stuff that comes through through a is a little bit more of that like like what would it really be like between here and there 
Uh, you know, like you look at you, Universal Century, right? Utilitarian, right? or I can't remember the word where it's like it has utility. Yeah, you utilitarian. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or like yeah, you, you um, what Ridley Scott did with the first Alien film. Same mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's like visceral, you know, it, it gives it a realism where like uh, Gundarium is like a fantastical whatever or like, you know, fucking like magical shit happens like, OK, cool. But like this gives it ground, you know, it's like a, it's a guy in an exosuit that's doing a thing on a toxic wasteland that we just might fucking be in. Then like at the fear of nuclear holocaust at the the height of the Cold War or or whatever, you know, that these things were devised in. Um, it, 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 it gives you uh, a, a, a fantastical outlet for your realistic anxiety and stress. Right. And I feel like that's valued in its ability to allow people to express themselves in a variety of different ways. One could say you could have fun with anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I feel like Make, everything is designed for like underwater travel. You remember like really? James Cameron's Abyss? Yeah. Like everything's designed in that world. That makes I'm sense. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something kind of controversial here, but I feel like I and I'm not, you guys are you guys are you'll probably it, disagree with Slap me. It. Yeah. Slap I it. get a very I, I get a very Geiger esque feel whenever I see a machine in Kit. Yeah, very okay. round, mechanical, organic mix. Sure. Yeah, it's like a marriage of organic and and, and technological, but it's it's it it's not at the same time. Right? It's very it's very strange in that way. Like, in it, and I mean, you know, everybody has their own kind of uh, preferences when it comes to stuff like this. But to me, whenever I see machining, that's that's kind of what pops out at me. That's the first thing that pops mm-hmm. out at me. Um, we, it's like, oh, you yeah, know. It follows the uh, the motif that 1970s futuristic technology, how a lot of those artists envisioned aircraft and robots stuff that it actually has a very similar aesthetic to that. Like so, that, I mean, Geiger made it more of a uh, a perverse organic combination of, of machines and robots. It is a lot of other artists around Kyle, that time. As it is, it is well, a lot of uh, intimates and yeah. unnecessarily sensual. It's, it's if, a, if a Quaker was to describe Geiger, he'd say macabre, perverse, yeah, bordering right. macabre, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but I don't feel like it's, of, it's like yeah. it's all right, guys. You can call it sexy. That shit is sexy. It's as sexy. Fuck. I love it's it. Cool. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> literally what Chris and I just said. But <laughs> like, we didn't just say, "Oh, it's sexy." Yeah. You gotta say, you gotta say the S word, man. But anyway, right in there, sexy is. I said sensual, some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you're trying to make love. <laughs> yeah, you say sensual. Yeah. Uh, and you can make love to your artwork. <laughs> I do every day. Yeah, straight up. But if you look at a lot of 1970s artwork of the future, like the World of Tomorrow, it actually is very similar in themage, like round curves, big bulbous shaped things where you're thinking like, why would we make something that big? It seems unnecessary. What are you having cargo for extra things? Like, I mean, you look at some of the um, prototyping for Star Wars vehicles and stuff like that, very similar motif. Like that was kind of the way a lot of artists back in that time, like, mind you, I don't think Maquet goes back to the 70s. I think it's like 80s or whatnot. I can't remember. Yeah, Maquet, yeah. 
Yeah. But even then, like a lot of like Kit Bash, like Brian was talking about, they all went off of that kind of motif with what futuristic vehicles would look like. It was a very central theme that big, outlandish, roundish, curved kind of things. Like, well, now we have very sharp corner, edgy shit when we talk about the vehicles of the future. It's it's kind of changed aesthetically, but I think that was kind of how it was in the time when people looked at things in the future, it was, it was circular. It was a bunch of spheres jammed together to make something. And then you have rounded curves and stuff. Um, it's it really interesting. <laughs> so Maki is built for like, you know, planetary exploration and like alien world and shit. Right. Or like, I don't know. I always saw it as, as being like a, a, a result of, um, like, disastrous uh, interventions like i look at my i think of the machine and krieger diatrome as a uh reaction to humanity's bad intentions and i love every aspect of that because i identify (laughs) with all those things and understand the plight yeah there's a lore to it too right like oh yeah yeah Yeah. i'm super fatalist i haven't uh, read or anything, or you know, seen anything about Mach A lore, so I have no idea. Well, a lot of their vehicles aren't even battle weapons, right? Know, Most of their vehicles are not even weapons, like, there's no like weapon system attached to them, it's basically just. Exploratory robot suits. Yeah, that's right. Uh, as far as I remember, most of them don't really have like notable weapon systems included with their their kits, like the the hound dog. There's no weapons to it. It's just robot dog looking thing. No, absolutely, you're wrong. 100. percent Grusahound. Grusahound. Grusahound totally has, has, uh, has weapons. Whole gun arm. I thought that was like a drill. gun arm. Is a whole it's a, arm that's a, that's a gun. It's an air, <laughs> air gun. gun. <laughs> Used to break up stone. Uh, yeah, know? yeah, sure. No. Um, that's why when I made my grosser hound, I and and did my whole crazy Frankenstein shit to it, I doubled that gun and then used elements from the fatty from the the you know um the from the scope dog series the votoms series i used the 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 gun arm and the weapon system from the fatty to like replicate that as well as doing a bunch of like you know putty stuff and adding tank parts and whatever made a weapon brian shit but you know it was it was fun that was the thing like and that's what i loved about the grocer honda is that it it was like semi-offensive but it had like defensive capabilities to it and then that's you know what that's what it is it's like it's sci-fi military you know Um, but like realistic the thing about it that draws people to it it's not like the stylish not necessarily like the weaponry not the armament Mm. It's the stylization and the lore and the theme theming behind it, like the ambiance. That's what draws us into these things, right? Yeah, it's that like it. that like innate attraction to a commonality, to a feeling, to an aesthetic, yeah. to whatever it might be. Like I have these ama- I have a, a, a beautiful dogram kit, right? I love these shit from Max Factory, and it's a great kit, and and I, it it doesn't matter at all to any of the th- other things that i build that it's not gundam it's not anything but i fucking it's gorgeous and i can't wait till i can devote my time to giving it the attention that it absolutely deserves and brian, that's right like, that's kind of like you know it's personal you know brian do you feel like the flea has maquet feel to it oh 100 or luca 
Oh, Come on, yeah, man! True, like I've yeah. been, I've been friends with Luca for a long time yeah, now. So it, like that fits in his world. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it's like it's and, and that's the thing. It's not. It's yeah. not that it does. It's not that I'm like I'm like oh I'm doing this because of them. Like no. I'm doing it because I'm going to do it. But no, but I I build um, related to the things that are influencing my life as all artists do, right? As all of you do, like the things that affect us. Yeah. They 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 like guide what we do yeah and like a lot of where i come from is is ambition i have like a lot of uncontrollable energy that i i've been working on like really like for the last like five years i've really working on trying to like focus Funnel. that to positive things and like try to um to like be a better person in general so um yeah, like some of my like some of the bills that have come from that like do lean into avenues. Yeah. So Yeah, buddy. I'm Look crazy. <laughs> I'm crazy. My yeah, brain's no, crazy. I have been. I've always been. I've always been crazy. It's just been like I've been trying to focus the crazy now. So it's a thin line between, you know, insanity and genius. Yeah. The, the line is not thin. I am just crazy. <laughs> Full certifiably insane. Yeah. How they let me live in this world is beyond me. I must be really good at fooling the doctors. Like, oh, that's crazy. Nice. Taxes. They always say that there's like a really fine line between laughter and crying, but I always tell people that I'm doing both at the same time. So. <laughs> Tears. <laughs> it okay? doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Of course. I've always been okay. But here, I got a question for you guys. Do you think the aesthetic of Make kits and kits of a similar set follow along a German, or not German, a uh, Eastern European Russian motif? I can see. Ah, if you think about their, so their weaponry and systems, I feel like it's very akin. I see what you're saying. And I know yeah. that that conversation has definitely been arisen. I'm curious about what Chris and and Julio have to say. Yeah, I can see it. Say. Like that that fireball one is mad Gestapo, B. <laughs> that shit's knocking on your door, asking for your ham sandwiches. It reminds me a little bit of um, the the 69 Space Race, kind of. Mm, mm, shit. Yeah. Mm, right? Valid. Like um, the them trying to, yeah, trying, to, trying to mess with like the suits to see what works, what doesn't work and all that stuff. You know, like I feel like these are like this, this might have been version two and you know the butt was leaking or whatever i don't know like, <laughs> <laughs> just kind of thrown away all right there. yeah that's kind of the version two is the butt leak but on the third version they sort of fix the butt leak but they only leak from the third quarter panel on the eighth bolt and then like the ninth <laughs> bolt <laughs> way of military yeah so we just put yeah, a pipe between that's, those two holes. That's kind of the vibe I get from it. Like sometimes, like especially when when um it's it's the the types where the uh the hatch is kind of open. You've got that, that mm. the pilot's face is right there, and then you know they're they're kind of hunched over in in some kind of uh, a landscape. Whoever modeled it, you know, usually has a, spe- a specific kind of um visual in mind, and it like it just reminds me of okay, well, it looks like they're kind of testing these suits out to see if it is viable for uh, uh outer um planetary exploration travel. yeah yeah so 
um yeah that's kind of that's that's what i get from it um and it's it's interesting because there there are times where it looks like um there are there are modelers out there that take the the machining crew kits and they they give it like a, a maintenance look where the mm. the pilot is actually kind of trying to fix this thing so uh, you know on top of that space race look i also get like another vibe from it which is like very um uh post-apocalyptic mm. kind of vibe almost and and i know again junkyard. this will be this is another controversial thing where it's it's kind of almost like a, a fallout thing like what oh, if yeah. what if the brotherhood of steel went a different route you know what i mean oh, yeah. like mm. so it's like you know but you know this this person was exiled from the brotherhood and and now he has to do his own maintenance or her, she has to do her own maintenance and all that stuff so it's like it's it's like a, a marriage of of that visual along with the kind of like the, the geiger thing that i was talking about earlier so it's like it's it's interesting and it's and again it's something that i think i feel like a lot of people haven't been exposed to as much as uh as gundam um, oh dude and when i first got into gundam i hit up a homeboy of mine who was you know snapping together gumpla for a while and he sent me a picture of his detolf and out of everything in his detolf he had this one Maque dude that he commissioned from somebody i'm like what the fuck is that i yeah, want it exactly yeah dude <laughs> Oh, it takes just a snapshot. You know, huh? yeah. There's something. There's there's something. There's something to be said about about just something that stands out visually from everything else. And and Machining Krieger is such a is such a a marriage of so many visual cues that it becomes its own over encompassing thing, and it just it sticks out like a sore thumb. Like I remember, um, I remember at uh, at SGMC when we were all walking around and all that stuff, like we were checking out everybody's, everybody's kits, obviously like places like the one, 100 um, section was crowded and all that stuff. But what really caught my eye was the machining Krieger stuff. Some of that shit was crazy. Bro, they had like, there the was a, dude with the yes, crank. The Bro. crank and the, the, the working monitor and shit. Was like, was, oh, that was very fuck? well done. Diorama. How the fuck did he get that to work like that? So small. I, I have no idea, but Dude, like it was, it blew my mind. Like I was like, oh, you know what? There is this whole, this whole, like district of a city that I, I haven't visited called Machine and Krieger that I kind of need to kind of tiptoe world. Yeah, you need to get up in there. It's 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 a very cool thing, and it, again, something that definitely um that definitely needs uh more exposure or or you know, and and it's really it's really cool that people like Zach Aurelius are giving it more of a spotlight these days. Because it was something that was sorely lacking, uh, since it was so it was it was such a niche market, like even as far back as five years ago. So true. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll get more of it. And we'll get more of an exposure for, to it. Well, yeah. So, if you get the opportunity, go pick up Lincoln Wright's book MK44, which is the newest release of the Americanized translations of model builders from Max Watanabe. Uh, oh. Link and uh, there's a couple other artists. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm I'm falling short. <laughs> I apologize, but uh, at the same time, um, yeah, everything that you guys have said uh, completely resonates uh, with me. So, well, that's a lot of robots, B. It's a lot. I mean, like like I said, and that's the whole point, right? Because every, all, like everybody who has. Uh, is into mecha modeling is pretty much almost exclusively into Gundam because it's it's the easiest thing to get into 
I guess. I say, and that's what? the thing. It's like I was first. I rejected the shit out of fucking Gundam for so fucking long, man. Right, but you can't like you. And again, you can't. Um, you kind of have to take this with a grain of salt. You took a. You took this like workaround throughout mecha modeling because for a lot of people, Gundam is their gateway. Yours was that was your back door. <laughs> oh sure no yeah i mean like hey. my, i i, I started scale modeling as a fucking kid right and then yeah, i got exactly. back into it doing fabrication doing actual one-to-one mod- movie props doing that shit and then like that precisely scale like a reverse back which is mm-hmm. psychotic honestly <laughs> in retrospect like exactly. so the fuck i was building one-to-one for- laser guns like i'm i still have the molds to build these one-to-one borderland style 30 fucking inch long laser guns and now i'm building these little like one to f- 77 <laughs> scale yeah. airplanes and for, shit. what the fuck yeah for your, for your for your average kind of young modeler though like their gateway was gundam and that's all they're going to oh, for a lot of people that's all they're going to build they're, they're, they're going to build they're going to build an rx-78 or a zaku like either one of those and then kind of just follow that that path right so they'll go for a zaku but what i'm saying is on average but what what i'm what i'm trying to say is that that shouldn't be the case that they should explore different avenues of mecha modeling because there's so many sure. branches much like much like with with um with with uh war kits or or uh auto um automobile um sure, yeah. you know whether whether it be yeah war armor. Said, say, yeah armor, no, 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 auto, armor. military uh, i say i say armor, i say war like, i say like war aircraft. because i'm not i'm not just talking about, i'm not i mean you know i say war because i'm not i'm just talking about i'm not just talking about armor i'm talking about i always think you're talking about war hammer when you say war but mix i think they, yeah so i, I think they they consider that's, airplanes that's, or, uh, that's armor. my point exactly i am a mecha modeler i build mostly mecha right so i build gagagar i build five star stories i build gundams and yes. what I, what i'm trying fabulously, to fabulously fabulously <laughs> we might add what i'm what i'm trying to get at is those who just build exclusively gundams are, are selling themselves short because there are yeah. some really great shit out there like yeah. some of the five star story stuff is insane some of the some of the uh, the super robot stuff, the super robot war stuff, the like the um, trying to Shit. see off the top of my Have head. Have you like, looked at Julio's five star stories build? Look at Julio's five star story builds. This yeah, man is uh, talented as fuck. Let him not I'm forgive you. He's a uh, silent son of a bitch. I got to post that shit, bro. Aren't you the host? You're the host tonight, right? Where's yeah, the Kyle's hosting. Know, the, <laughs> the fuck is he Come over again? there? Where the fuck did he go? Kyle's hosting tonight. I'm not at the motherfucker. Motherfucker. You know, you know what's an incredible genre of mecha? The like small suits, like uh Tekka Man Blade or like Giver. What that shit, man. Right. Even uh, Ultraman, right? Oh, Ultraman. Yeah, Ultraman. Fuck that's yeah, where it's at. There's some good Ultraman suits. The thing about those. And the things that I've experienced, maybe I've talked to you about Chris and Kyle, talked to you about this a little bit, is that when you get those kits and you want to fold, like focus on them, is that you're dealing with signs, seams, my words are failing, seams and joints and stuff like that. So do you guys sculpt around it? What do you do? I mean, it really here. depends on how it's. Yeah, it depends yeah. on how it's it's depends. it's made, right? So if you if you think about it, stuff like the like um we built this together, Julio, the Techman blade. Oh yeah, yeah. That was so dope. that um that made like that kind of worked around some of the scenes by covering it up with armor, 
Yeah. Um, so there, so the black kind of inner pieces were, were covered up by stuff, by, by larger white plates. And that hit a lot of the, the stuff. But when it comes to stuff like the, um, the hip and stuff like that, there was like a very egregious scene that, you know, that it, again, it's just, it was very, a very simple kind of seam removal process. And, and for a lot of these kits, they're starting to catch up with, with what Bandai is doing. So stuff like the, um, the, like you said, Brian, the, the Ultraman kits, I can't remember, um, I can't remember the name of the, the brand, uh, Dimension Model or Dimension, Dimension Studio. Um, okay. They they built um, a one six scale or was it one six scale? Yeah, hmm. one six scale ultimate uh, a bunch of one six scale Ultraman kits and those are huh? fantastic. Even better wow. than than um, even better than the Ultraman kits that uh, Bandai have released in the last couple of years. Hmm. Um, like just fantastic like overall um, build quality and obviously since it's, since it's it's a larger scale they're able to get away with um, hiding some of the more egregious pieces that bandai can't just because it's a they're at a smaller scale so they're still um, pretty good though the only they're really still good fantastic. Is the elbows which is knees. interesting to think about it as it being blown up it makes it easier to hide elements of the design at a larger scale than at a smaller scale and that makes me think about the current uh, trend of one sixteenth scale armor kits, like the new stuff that's coming out from Andy's Hobby Headquarters, or um, other semi, like some other model manufacturers, mostly Andy's that's been dropping the big kits lately with uh, full interiors, and like the guys that are. Huge. <laughs> I know, huge. not even like having not even, let's, <clears throat> let's let's like just disregard the scope of the exterior footprint of the model itself but just thinking about the care and intricacies that go into the interior build out on these you know or design out of these uh, of these model kits yeah it is. uh the most recent episode of the sprue cutters union with chris metterings chris Meddings, excuse me uh will pattison and tracy hancock all talk with uh fantastic one of the few epi- uh one of the few um there's like three interviews within there but they speak with uh, a builder that is versed in and very well practiced in that um that scratch building that interior design and i feel like that's absolutely valuable for everyone to listen to if they have an opportunity uh, please do check it out Word up. fuck man you guys got any other Mecha models. <laughs> oh god, there's so many. Yeah, they really are. <clears throat> Shit. Give me one more. I bad. mean, like we can, we can, we can. Hold on. I'll, I'll, let me, let me try to, let me try to get my my brain in order because there's, there's, so, there's so many, right? So, um, you know, we we spoke about it briefly, but Mazen Kaiser is the grandfather of of Super Robo, mm-hmm. and there is a ton of kits of those out there. Um, whether it's Motoroid or uh, Kotobukiya or even Bandai. Bandai started doing their Infinity. Is it Infinity line? Yeah, yeah. Infinity line, yeah. Yeah, the Infinity line. So Messenger, while, uh, while it, you know, extremely outdated in terms of aesthetics and, and they have tried to kind of bring it more into modern times, um, I feel like uh, if you guys want to explore um, where a lot of Japan got their, their aesthetic inspiration, um, try out some of the uh, some of the messenger stuff because the, that is kind of that stuff has that preceded Gundam, I believe, right? Yes. Um, and so 
that stuff is is kind of if you really think about the concrete base in which a lot of this stuff has started from um so i feel like you owe it to yourself to give it to give that a, a look and see if that is something that you might want to give a, give a try to and, and you never know you might actually like it yeah i still haven't tried that or try to snap together the escaflone kit oh uh, motoroid yeah yeah mm-hmm. Motoroid is a whole other beast. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna step into there. Yeah, there's a there's a whole thing about it. I mean, and you know, even outside of like um, you know, back, you know, kind of going in, going in and out of different brands, right? So back to back again to Kotobukiya, there um, there's right. Xenoblade kits. So the Xenoblade true. X um, mecha kits are something that um, aesthetically might speak to you, which again is it is very super robo esque, but it is way more um mecha based design where it also transforms into a vehicle of some sort yeah. right i'm trying to remember yeah oh respect um, yeah like uh yeah yeah every like yeah like robotech of the 80s what yeah. about um what about shit oh shit i just lost it ah, it was in my mind ah fuck i'm sorry well you mentioned it too macross macross yeah. slash ba- uh, battle battletech robotech Robotech, oh, yeah, Battletech, yeah. Macross, yeah, yeah. So stuff like that. I mean, it, it's something that you guys might want to, you might want to um, look into. A lot of the kits are definitely older, yeah, <laughs> um, way older, and so so it, it kind of um, utilizes uh, engineering and technology that might be a bit outdated, but it is still worth kind of checking out and taking a look at to see if it's something that you might aesthetically like. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> What about you, Kyle? Anything? Anything jump out at you? No, you guys covered it. I mean, I'm I'm not as versed. I mean, Evangelion, I guess Bandai makes the Evangelion stuff from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yo, Evangelion is like, like fucking if uh, Ultraman and I don't know Godzilla fucked like hard. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Jesus hard. Christ, dude! Yeah, well, with the heavy Ultraman aspect, right? Because yeah. it came be two Godzilla, no Kojira, because it's too much. I'm gonna say, shit. Like, so, um, the Dragonar series, which is highly overlooked, um, has a lot of different elements to it. Um, semi old and semi new, mostly old, mostly old, old, <laughs> you know, if you want to go there. Um, but there are, um, like for those of us that are inter- interested in the history of like, say the polystyrene, um, injection molded cast, uh, model kits with, um, you know, polycaps that are integrated. So you have the, um, the Gundam line from 1988, 89, 90, the F91 line, which is initially like the first line that ever had both dual color integrated uh, injection molding as well as polycap integration to the mold design or the model design. Um, there's just like um, uh, a, like a little fascinating like kind of rabbit hole to like dive into if you're really interested in talking about that stuff like i'm not going to go into it right now because obviously we don't need to at the end of the podcast but um uh if you guys are interested in that hit us up come talk to us like i know i know i love to know and know a lot of shit and 
come talk to me and educate me and let me educate you too. So, and any of us else. So, um, come hit us up on our various socials. Uh, and, uh, yeah. shut the fuck up. Just bring this bitch to a wrap. <laughs> so, uh, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> she got you. <laughs> she got me. Um, it's been a great episode, guys. You guys are a bunch of fucking nerds. I love it. <laughs> I need more of it. <laughs> you can find us all on our socials. Uh, Bro Builder, Clippin' Nubs, Clueless Gumpla Builder, Chris Babs. Hit us up on our email, buildsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you, USA Gundam, for these gorgeous fucking mics. They're incredible. Thank you so much. Uh, who else? Oh, the patrons. You guys are dope. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but you go to sleep and you wake up fucking champions. Thank you. <laughs> we love you. We love you. No, but for real. <laughs> and we've been trying to get you sons of guns on the fucking shit, but y'all reluctant. Yeah. Hey, get up on here. Come sit down with us. Talk some shit. Uh, who else? What else we got? Uh, I want to say big ups to Salty Robot, Devin, and you. Cerulean <laughs> Project for the most recent release of the Cerulean Project two, 3. My mistake. Um, please go it's check them out on the website. It's very easy to find. Just Google it. Um, also, please go and check out uh, Models for Ukraine too. Volume 2. Um, I had a, the opportunity to participate in both these opportunities this uh, charitable season. And I feel very um, honored and I feel like overwhelmed by emotion to be able to try to focus my creative efforts to an actual positive end goal. And I want you all to go and take a look at both of those. So please go check out um, in the armor, uh, inside the armor um, productions. Uh, shit, fuck, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Models for Ukraine <laughs> two, and um, go check out uh, Cerulean Project three. Um, and yeah, it's yep. very important. So please, if you, you if you guys want money. if you guys want more information on either of these projects, uh, please head up uh, at the Salty Robot on Instagram or uh, at the uh, Cerulean Project or uh, at Chris Meddings on Instagram or uh, inside the armor, uh, dot com. Yeah. 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 And, uh, both these publications, all proceeds go to supporting some great, uh, foundations, um, for Cerulean project. They a hundred percent of the proceeds go to the Trevor project, which is, um, a program that provides mental health services for impoverished youth. Um, and then for the, um, Models for Ukraine. Uh, all proceeds go to. Uh, I don't remember the foundation, it's, it's but, but the foundation humanitarian efforts for, for humanitarian you. aid. Yep, in Ukraine. So, highly suggest supporting those ventures and having some great um, publications in your bookshelf. Yep. All right, and uh, with that, guys, we bid you all adieu. Build it sideways. A farewell. Bye bye. See you next time. Avida, and see you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.